everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Bodies Blueprint. I am your host, Vinny Russo. And I am your co-host, Dr. Aaron Stansfield. And we're shifting gears from all the conventional fitness narrative you hear on most fitness podcasts, as our main emphasis lies in preventative healthcare, adopting a holistic approach to nutrition, and challenging the traditional views on various fitness topics. Our mission with this podcast is to provide you with the information you need to achieve optimal health. And on today's podcast, Dr. Aaron is back in the game. Uh, we know we missed her last week. But we are going to be going over the five red flags to spot BS, which stands for bullshit, if you didn't know, on social media. Um, you might see this in marketing. You might see, you know, some a lot of influencers doing these types of things. But these are five major red flags that if you see it, you call BS on it, plain and simple. We're not going to waste anybody's time. We're going to dive right into it. Um, we feel like the shorter episodes are actually doing a little bit better in terms of people um, listening to the full episode as well as. Um, the number of views that we actually get and downloads. So we're going to try to keep this on the short side. Um, we don't have our normal podcast equipment, which is why the quality of this might be a little bit off. Uh, but we've been traveling the last couple of weeks back and forth. Um, so that's the reason why you have this quality today. So diving into it, I'm going to start us off. Um, and I know, um, Dr. Aaron, you're the one who kind of shed the light on this for me and open you're my gonna eyes give to me this. credit for this I'm one but it's supplements without supporting research uh, most supplements that are being thrown out there today they really do lack the appropriate scientific research uh, meaning that they probably have not undergone the testing needed to validate the effectiveness or to validate what they are promoting that this supplement actually does um, and when you do this, when you take these supplements, thinking that you're going to get these results that they're promoting, um, some ingredients that are actually in there that aren't being regulated might have some unintended side effects. My dog is snoring right now. We have to get you the fuck out of here. All right, I'm back. We can't um, hear or I couldn't hear him snoring. Oh, well, no, he was getting louder and louder. So got him right when it started. Um, so going back to the supplements without the research. So investing in these supplements with, you know, thinking you're going to get these results and there's no actual evidence supporting it, you're wasting money and it's causing you to take your financial resources and dwindle them for, for, for no reason, right? Just for the fact that, you know, you want this quick fix, right? So a lot of people, and from what I've seen, is they want the quick fix. So when a supplement comes out and says it could do this, they get excited and they want to try it. Because if it does work, then they reap the benefits of it. But because things are unregulated, these claims, they go unchecked. And pretty much you have these companies that can just say that this certain product, which might be baby powder and a fucking pill, will do... Uh, will give you some significant weight loss or will enhance muscle growth or will suppress your myostatin or something to that effect, right? So my whole thing is, is if you are going to take supplements, number one, if you are deficient in a vitamin or a mineral, taking that supplement might might help, right? So it's not going to harm you um, unless there's contradictions. But honestly, if you're deficient, you might as well invest in some supplements to, to kind of help you there. Um, and you want to cover the basics. So go with a brand that um, is, I, I want to say third party tested, but 
honestly, that's, that doesn't even show that much validity anymore. Um, but they would be a little bit better than someone who's not. But you want to stick with the foundation of supplements that have been researched, for example, vitamin D, um, for example, magnesium, fish oils, which Dr. Aaron, if you really want to touch on, you could touch on it, um, how too much fish oil might actually be bad for you. Um, but taking a decent amount is actually good for you. So sticking with those basics, I don't think you'd go wrong, but trying to do stuff with this pre-workout, overloading on niacin, that type of stuff, it's 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 not worth it. It's not worth the side effects. So Dr. Aaron, what do you guys say about that? Well, I'd like to touch on a few things that you said. So I think you're you're, you're um, kind of highlighted what the, the regulation. So the FDA considers supplements foods and not drugs. Therefore, they are unregulated. So it is like the wild, wild west, essentially. Um, people uh, or supplement companies can put um, anything in their supplements, so to speak, um, as long as um, I think it was passed in 1994, 1995. It's on this list of approved um, uh FDA list of approved uh, supplements. Um, so those existed way back in the 90s. Uh, most supplement companies use some variation of those. So therefore, they are unregulated. Um, but you don't know what you're getting. So um, there's there's the regulation piece of it where it is completely unregulated. And then um, on top of that, um, just in general, like looking, you you said something about research. Um, if you look at research, um, if there is any research, it's usually um, either in vitro studies or animal studies, right? It's very little human uh, research has been done on, on supplements per se. Now, there's a difference between vitamins and supplements. And I think we're going to do a whole episode on this. Um, uh, uh, you know, and in this uh, industry in general. So I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but um, I will say that there is a difference there. Um, you touched on some vitamins that might be helpful. And even there, you have to be very careful because um, some of the vitamins aren't regulated, like you said, and you recommended third party, um, you know, identification uh, again, you can't really trust that. There's so much variation and little regulation in the area that as long as it's not doing quote unquote harm, um, then these supplement companies can operate. I will say that the FDA does have um, a website where you can report any um, adverse effects. And I will also say that um, supplements do have adverse effects. So um, one that was pulled recently was, um, or not recently, but a while ago, OxyPro Elite. Um, it was causing hepatotoxicity in people. Um, they were getting jaundiced. Um, these were um, relatively healthy individuals. Um, that supplement was pulled. So the FDA only looks into these supplements when there's an adverse event. And unfortunately, um, it relies on the public to report those events before they actually put out a warning saying, hey, you probably shouldn't take the supplement. And, and then they go after um, the company that, that might be producing that supplement. So, so there's a lot of, um, you have to be very careful. You can't just think these supplements don't cause any um, health effects. They do. Um, and so you don't know what you're getting in general. I don't recommend them. Um, I, caffeine is considered quote unquote, a supplement in some of these industries. I think that's the only one that, um, may be okay, depending on the dosage. Um, 
you can get caffeine from from coffee too. So what about um, creatine? Uh, creatine is one supplement that I would say um, is good for you. Now the the source where you get your creatine is a whole different ball game, right? Um, so the testing between um, even if you have a supplement company, the testing between the batches of what you're of the drug that you're getting because it is a drug. Um, technically <laughs> speaking, um, is not uh, verified because they don't use um, techniques to actually look at the consistency between the batches of drugs. So there's there's variation within the company of making the supplement. And like I said, we'll go into a whole episode about this, but um, and we'll 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 have somebody who knows this industry well um, and query them about it. But um, so, so you have to be careful. I do think that um, there has been enough research on creatine done that it does help with um, with uh, muscle building if you are um, resistant training. Um, it's probably the only supplement that I would recommend <laughs> is creatine. Um, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't recommend vitamins, but creatine is probably the only supplement that I would say is there's enough research um, behind um, versus anything else out there on the market. Yeah, it just sucks because it's almost like fit like with nutrition coaches and fitness coaches where you have a select few that really do the work and really put in an effort to give very, very quality service. And then you have these other ones that kind of drag that down to where it's like, ah, you're just giving out cookie cutter shit, right? With the supplements, there's going to be some companies that actually do the work and put in, but you can't trust it because the majority isn't really there. And the research, it's, it's, it's not there. I honestly don't trust it um, unless you're even if you went and inspected the company one you'd have to be trained in that kind of um, biochemistry and two a, a lot of them can't even afford the appropriate equipment to like I said test between batches of drugs that they're making or of of quote unquote supplements that they're making so there's a lot of variation in, in um, what you're getting from pill to pill yeah. All right, now I did say we were going to be a little bit quick, but with the rate that we're going, it's going to be dragged out. Um, so let's go right into to yours. What what was yours? One of yours. Um, so I think, and I I think this one is probably oversaid um, currently um, by most physicians um, that are board certified, um, but uh, you got to watch out for fake weight loss drugs. And I think the, the biggest ones are the GLP one medications, right? So fake Ozempic per se. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of even, you know, you'll see ads, um, a lot of doctors with MDs that are selling um, fake compounded um, drugs. So you have to be very wary of that. Now, why? Why? Um, well, one, they're not FDA approved. So there's that. And two, um, at the very um, mild end of the spectrum, they might not be effective. And at the very extreme side of the spectrum, um, they can cause poisoning and um, kidney failure, um, organ damage, um, so and even death, right? So last year, uh, the European Medicines Agency came out and um, warned against fake Ozempic pens because they actually found insulin in those pens. So people were having major adverse events because of that. Yeah, we um, that in, in one of our earliest episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be very, very careful. Um, compounded Ozempic is not Ozempic. 
yeah period okay and, and you'll and you'll see all these niche clinics coming out and you know because people because there's such a shortage and there's such a demand um for the drug uh these uh these non um fda approved pharmacies not not non-fda approved they're compounding pharmacies but that the drug is not fda approved um, they're coming out with these um, formulations that look like Ozempic, but you don't really know what you're getting. Um, and most medical societies uh, do not recommend uh, the compounded versions of these GLP-1 medications. So if you want to be on the safe side, I would say don't don't go that route. Yeah, I would say just use it if you really need it, which will be prescribed to you by a physician not going through a clinic. Um, I mean, you touched a little bit on how like you got these pop-up clinics or even these MDs, they see um, they, they see a need, right? So the demand is high and the supply is low. So why not find a way to make some extra money by diluting down a semaglutide or something, right? That's not going to have any real effect, um, but you're going to promote it out there because you know it's in demand and people are going to buy it. So yeah. it's, it's, and a, anyone it's a sleazy who's business that, tactic. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, anyone who's selling you that is trying to make money, period. Yeah. Um, and it may or may not work. Um, you might might see that it does work, but you are taking a, an enormous risk and that there might be side effects that you may not be aware of. Um, the insulin I, alone, I mean, that would scare the shit out of me. Like, I'm not, yeah. no, like, oh, you want some Ozempic? No, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. and you know, if you, if you really are a candidate for these medications, it, it's unfortunate that, that Unfortunately, you have to wait for them, um, you know, for insurance pre-approval and then also um, to actually obtain the medication. There's sometimes a wait for that as well. Um, but, you know, these these places making the fake or compounded Ozempic aren't making the situation any better. Yeah, yeah no, that's a good point. And that is a huge red flag. And honestly, people like take it seriously. Um, don't just buy semaglutide from a clinic or um, or uh, Ozempic just from a clinic or a pop-up clinic um, because you do run at risk. Um, let's let's go into another red flag, which this one really pisses me off. Um, but I will say, and I will admit, in my earlier days, I was actually um, I was one to do this. So influencers that are out of their lane or out of their scope. Um, I am no longer out of my lane or out of my scope because I have Dr. Aaron on board um, who teaches me a lot about the medical side of, of things, especially when I ask her questions and she kind of educates me on it. So I can, I'm proud to say that I'm no longer this person, uh, but I used to try to give out information about like how to read labs. And honestly, like I knew something about it, but I'm, it's still out of my scope. So I do fall victim here to, to this, but this is getting out of hand now. Um, you have people like Gary Brecker, who literally was an insur a life insurance salesman for his entire career. And now he's pushing genetic testing and promoting supplements and, you know, make sure you drink your hydrogen water. Well, like you're pushing all this stuff to help that in his pockets, so to speak. But it's funny because you get these people like a Gary Brecker and these functional health practitioners that use scientific words, something like methylation or like mitochondria instability like it sounds sexy like you want to be like oh shit like what does that mean like what do you mean like and then you just get fed bullshit and you kind of believe it because you don't know so much about it 
not that there is anything to know about it, but you're like, I don't know about this. I want to hear, I want to hear more about it because maybe, maybe it might be wrong with me, right? But if you really talk to people who know what they're talking about, they're going to sound very unsure of themselves because a lot of their answers will be, well, it depends because it does. It depends on the situation. There's not going to be a solution. This is the solution if you can't lose weight. No, well, everyone's different, right? But you have you have these people uh, and, and like I've been seeing it all over now, especially um, with some people that have only competed once and have done really well. And now they call themselves nutrition coaches when all they're doing is giving out their diet to everyone that comes on as a client. Now, what what's really happening there? Can they get results? They probably do because they're just eating a cleaner diet and maybe going into a deficit based off of the previous dieting history. So you might get some results, but it's all bullshit. Right. And then you get well to stay on them because this just kind of popped in my head you get these people that are doing this coaching and they're giving out steroid cycles and it's like to get more enhanced results in their clients and they don't know how those compounds even interact with each other or how to do it they're just like yeah i heard this so let me just tell my client to do this and they pretend like there's some guru then you have these chiropractors that are like on all over tiktok now and they're they're literally chiropractors and they dress themselves up in scrubs and they're basically giving out nutrition and they're giving out um hormone advice and how to read labs and when you go in there and you ask them their credentials they'll tell you them but then you ask them questions like hey all right so here are your credentials you're a chiropractor why are you giving out hormone advice they skip over your question because they know it's out of their scope it's out of their lane now can they be self-educated on it yes but are they going to be as educated as an endocrinologist on hormones? Fuck no. So it's it's just uh, everyone's looking to be the smartest person in the room. And to me, it's really diluting the, the education that we see out there. Because once you try to be the smartest person in the room, you try to find what separates you. And when you find, you can't really find stuff that's going to separate you in terms of health and wellness. I mean, it's very simple. It's very basic. It's not sexy at all. So what do you do to differentiate yourself? You make some fucking shit up that sounds good and it makes people want to listen to you and want to believe you. And that's literally what I think has happened with um, this whole functional health stuff. I mean, I took a course on functional health. I got certified in it. I wanted to see if I was going to learn anything new. Only thing I learned from that was to push supplements on people. And we just talked about how supplements have no real validity to them. So I'm going to come off this uh, little high horse over here. And uh, Aaron, what do you have to say about this? Well, I think um, not only influencers are out of their lane, but like even some professionals, right? So like um, doctors that give out nutrition advice. I'm, I'm not qualified to give out nutrition advice. That's why we partnered up, right? Yeah. Now, I may have some personal experience. I'm a competitor. I had to diet down um, during competitions. I learned a lot um, on my own, but I want to... I wouldn't want to be handling anyone's diet. Um, that's not what I was trained in. Um, one of the best pieces of advice that I got in medical school was if you don't know something and a patient asks you, say, I don't know, I can try to find out for you or I can try to help you find the right resources or the right person, the right specialist, but I don't know the answer to this. And I think that. Um, you said it's about the person who knows the most. I think it's more about money, right? So like 
Uh, most of these influencers that are out, are out of their lane, if you notice, they're trying to sell you something. They're trying to push some supplement. They're trying to push some program so that you spend money. And um, yeah, they I, can't... I, also, I, th I think that like it, they go hand in hand because you're not going to buy products off of someone who's an idiot, right? They have to know something that you don't know. And that's how they have say... the solution, right? Yeah, they use very sexy language and they they sell you an easy solution. Yeah. And fortunately, um, a lot of the real answers to um, a lot of medical issues or health issues or weight loss issues are, are not easy answers. They're more complicated. Right. And that's where if you actually do have an expert, like you mentioned, they will sit there and and there's no hard truth. Usually it's usually it, it does depend um, on the situation on, you know, like when I, when I see a patient, I have to look at their entire makeup, their, um, their family history, their, the whole clinical picture before giving them any kind of advice. So if you think that you fall into some cookie cutter, or if some influencer relates to you because they, they say something about their story that's similar to your story, it doesn't mean that, they have the specific advice that's going to help you. So take it with a grain of salt. Look at the qualifications of anybody giving you advice. That that goes for, you know, chiropractors, functional medicine, nurses, even doctors. Like look at what they're what they're trying to tell you um, and look at their qualifications and make sure you trust them before you you give your health or um, you know, take their recommendations. Yeah. And ask questions. Because if someone's bullshitting you, they're going to slip up. Like you're going to ask some questions and it's going to be, they're going to make some shit up off the top of their head. Someone who knows their shit is always going to say, like I said earlier, well, it depends. Or they're going to be like, I don't, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. Right. Kind of like what um, Dr. Aaron just alluded to. Um, so yeah, let's go over to your uh, next red flag. All right. So this is a big pet peeve of mine. Um, it's a promotion of peptides. Peptides are everywhere. <laughs> um, so we see ads for them all the time. I get questions all the time. Um, and just, you know, for some background, the FDA has seen a rapid increase in the number of new drug applications submitted for peptide drug products. Um, but the problem is uh, the quality and the equivalence between generic and brand name peptide products. Um, so, so some peptides are actually um, clinically indicated for medical conditions, right? Um, but you have to be very careful about who's giving you the peptide drug. Um, so peptides um, with greater than 40 amino acids are considered proteins and biologics, um, and they cannot be compounded, essentially. So pharm a compounding pharmacy usually cannot produce these um, unless they have a biologics license application of BLA. And there's um, specific uh, regulations um, that the FDA put out. So a 503A pharmacy cannot obtain a BLA, which is a lot of the compounding pharmacies, it, it bans them from compounding peptides. However, here's a loophole for compounding pharmacies. Uh, most peptides well, do we, are- Do we want to tell them? Do we want to tell them right now? Because what, well, what if they I, don't know I, the loophole? <laughs> yeah, well, they do know the loophole that if you're in this industry, you know it. So uh, most peptides um, can be less than 40 amino acids. And so they don't meet the legal requirements for compounding. However, 
um, to crack down on that to, you know, they do know this. So that's kind of where they were getting away with making these um, quote unquote peptides. Um, the FDA started cracking down on the bulk drugs. So the drugs, the precursors to make um, these drugs that were less than 40 amino acids. Yeah. So they are trying to crack down on this um, because now why? Well, you got to ask yourself why? Well, the FDA, as I mentioned, has a website. It's pretty good. And it actually, you can look up different peptides. So, you know, like, for example, I get questions about BPC-157 um, on the website. Uh, just so you know, as far as adverse um, effects, uh, it may pose a risk for Im immunogenicity. What does that mean? Um, an overreactive immune system. So if you're prone to um, having an autoimmune disease, um, you might have an adverse reaction. Um, it, it depends on the route of administration. Um, but basically, a lot of these peptides lack sufficient information to know whether the drug can cause harm when administered to humans. So a lot of the studies are done, again, in animals and not in humans. And um, the other issue is some of these peptides, um, and I'm thinking Tessa Moreland here, um, for physicians, it is clinically indicated for HIV patients that have abnormal fat distribution, uh, lip lipodystrophy, fancy term um, for abnormal fat distribution. So, of course, in the industry, um, people are like, will this help obese patients that have more abdominal fat? Um, and that is being looked at, but we don't have enough data to actually say, yes, it's good or no, it's it's bad. Um, and, and, you know, the long-term effects haven't been evaluated sufficiently. And further, you know, when you're getting a peptide, like I said, if you're getting it from one of these compounding pharmacies, you don't know what you're getting. You really don't know what's in that drug because again, the testing isn't there. And again, the FDA is trying to crack down on even, even the you know, the promotion of those peptides by saying these bulk items are going to be um, banned. So I think there's going to be a challenge for those compounding pharmacies that are selling those peptides, but be very careful about peptides. Um, in general, I, I don't think, um, I would not recommend them. I don't think there's any medical society out there that would say, yes, take this peptide. <laughs> Unless, you know, you're diabetic and, and you need something that's medically, clinically indicated. Um, and you're getting it from a pharmacy, not a compounding pharmacy. Yeah, so even that, on even on yeah. those websites and stuff, if you look into them and you want to try to take them, they all say not for human consumption, right? They all say mm -hmm. that on them, plain and simple. So that should be a telltale sign right there. Um, but you also mentioned like how it, you know, could, could help or one of them, test, what'd you say, testimorlin? Testimorlin, yeah. Yeah, that it could help with the um, adipose tissue in different areas or something like that. Yes. The, well, the wrong distribution of it uh, or in HIV patients, right? And people HIV are saying it's yeah. it's clinically approved, but that's the only indication for it because it's been looked at, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. What I was gonna say is people see that and they're like, oh my god, like yeah, belly fat, yeah. right? And their 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 mind goes there. But what if because it's only it's tested in a very select group of people that it's approved for. What if it goes after visceral fat or organ fat, right? Which protects and cushions the organs. It's it's that that's not good. You don't want to lose that fat either. You know what I mean? Visceral fat, yeah, but there's so much around the organs though. 
um, you, it's it's protective and you need that. And what if it just goes after that? Like you don't know. So be yeah, no, definitely be careful with it. That is um, actually a valid concern. Yeah. And there's, there's other ones like postulated um, potential side effects or insulin resistance. Um, the studies haven't demonstrated that yet, but it's also, you're right, it could target different um, different fat areas and that could be a risk. Or maybe it doesn't, you know, like like a bad plastic surgeon that's maybe getting abdominal fat, maybe you get some of it and not all of it. And so yeah. you, you have a lumpy looking appearance. We don't know. So yeah. you gotta be very, very careful when um, something hasn't been, a drug in particular has not been tested in humans enough to actually know the long-term side effects. Yeah, the law, see the thing is the long-term side effects because um, I believe isn't insulin growth factor a peptide? Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's done by many professional bodybuilders to help with the increase in their muscle size. Um, yep. Now, but what's the long-term effect of that? Yeah, initially you might have short-term gratification with help in enhancing um, the, the muscle mass on your body, but what is the downstream effect long-term with that, right? And that's what we don't know, and that's what we need to be careful about. Well, yeah, we kind of, we we do know um and unfortunately but it's it's something that's not clinically indicated right so you know it's you have to be very very careful about what you're ingesting for how long and the source like where are you getting it from is it a reliable source um because usually if you're getting it for for a non-medical uh indication then then it's not going to be a reliable pharmacy yeah all right let's go into the last red flag and um Aaron, I'm not sure how much you could touch on this one, but you could probably touch on it. Um, but the red flag is weight loss challenges, which are given out by fitness coaches. So most of the weight loss challenges you're going to see, it's going to be like six week, eight week, 12 week challenges. And they're going to give out, um, they're going to be given out by these nutrition coaches, fitness coaches, personal trainers. And what they do with these challenges is they encourage extreme dieting combined with excessive exercise. So just listen to that, right? That's promoting unhealthy practices for the sake of a quick result, meaning get in six weeks, eight weeks, or 12 weeks. So what this entire challenge does is it puts a big emphasis on prioritizing the short-term instant gratification outcome where it neglects the importance of the sustainable long-term habits that you need to develop in order to have long-lasting results. Um, and not only are the protocols that are provided very generic and very cookie cutter, because there's no individuality whatsoever, it puts all of the main focus on the scale, which honestly, it's gonna go back up once you're done with this due to meta metabolic suppression and the rebound effect, which is gonna happen because you're gonna just go back to the way you were eating normally. So if, you have a coach that's out there and they're promoting this weight loss challenge to a ton of people all at once. You have to understand, and I need you to hear me this. I need you to hear me here. You have to understand that there is no way that they can individualize each person's specific plan. They can't do it. Too many people at once, it's overload. There's no way. So they're giving out a generic plan. They're going to give out something very generic that you can find on fucking online. You don't have to waste the $400 for an eight week challenge. You could just go online and find the same shit, right? Now, people are gonna say, people who know me, well, Vin, you ran challenges. 
I did. I ran a 12-week summer shred challenge, which was all about body composition. Had nothing to do with scale weight. I did not promote the scale weight loss. The winners actually didn't lose the most weight. They just were they were the best transformation in terms of how they looked, increase the muscle mass, decrease in waist circumference. And yeah, scale weight loss comes with the loss of body fat. So you're gonna have some of that. But I always made sure whether I did it by myself when I was with team, when I had team BR or whenever I was with a gym, anytime a gym wanted to do a challenge with me, I always said it needs to be a body recomposition challenge, never a weight loss challenge because we are not in this to just see how much weight we can lose. We want to transform the body, increase the muscle mass, decrease the body fat, make you overall, um, make you overall healthier person. So don't fall victim to this vicious cycle with these weight loss challenges because what's going to happen is yeah you're going to get in there you'll lose the weight you'll gain it back then you got to sign up for the next one just to lose the weight again you're going to gain it back sign up for the next one and it is a continuous stream of money going into that coach's pocket giving out these weight loss challenges now i we tried to grow the business we needed more we wanted to have some more lead generation because we don't really do marketing it's really word of mouth whoever works with us so we hired out this company that was supposed to help us with it. They obviously didn't um, because a lot of their practices were mainly like manipulation. Like let's do these challenges. One of the challenges that we ran together was a step challenge where they were like, hey, run a challenge to increase like the amount of members in your Facebook group. We didn't even listen to that. We ran the challenge within our Facebook group with the members there and it was a step challenge. It wasn't a weight loss challenge. It wasn't a body transformation challenge. They told us not to do it. And it was one of the coolest challenges that I think I've ever encountered because everyone was so into it, posting their videos, posting their photos of them walking. Uh, we gave out an Apple watch to the winner. Like it was so cool to have something that was adding value to someone's life and not reaping a reward of having money come in. It was a free challenge. We didn't ask anybody for money and we just gave out prizes right? Just to get people moving in the right direction, step count moving in the right direction. It goes hand in hand. Um, but just be careful when you see this stuff all over online, especially now that the summer's going to be coming up. Um, anything with, you know, getting ready for the holidays or like get fit before the holidays or even with the new year stuff. Summer be for summer. Yeah. Well, yeah. summer, I just said that summer's right <laughs> around the corner. So just be careful. If it says weight loss challenge, you don't want to do it. If it's about body recomposition, then check and see, kind of talk to the coach or talk to the person that's giving it out. Also, see how many people are in it. Because if it's whoever signs up is in, it's going to be very generic. I limited my challenges that I ran with Team VR to 20 people maximum. The gym was always 15 people maximum. I can't handle an influx of that and take care of all these people at once. And then my clients on the side wasn't able to do it. So make sure that you see a limit. Make sure that it doesn't focus so much on the scale and weight loss, and it's more about healthier habits and body recomposition. Yeah, I think any quick fix you got to be wary of. And a lot of weight loss, it's not about weight loss. It's about a lifestyle adoption of changing your mindset. And so, and that's not a short-term thing. That's a long, long haul game. Yeah. Um, so I think anything that's saying a quick fix is you got to be wary of yeah and it, it's like us with our clients we require a six month minimum right six months minimum you have to be with us our retention rate is 13 months is our average client retention rate is 13 months people like to stay with us for over a year why because it's a mindset thing it's a accountability thing it's a foundational habit growth type of thing 
it's not so much well let me see how much weight i can lose in this in the quickest amount of time because yeah. that's just going to lead to 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 disaster so on behalf of Balanced Bodies, we just want to say thank you for joining us on this episode of the Balanced Bodies Blueprint. We are committed to bringing valuable content. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd greatly appreciate it if you can take a moment and like it and leave a five-star review. On Apple, just go to the show, scroll down to the bottom and rate it there. If you're on Spotify, go to the show's page, click the three dots, and you can rate it there as well. And if you believe in the power of knowledge, share this episode on your social media to try and get the information out there to as many people as possible. And as you navigate your own path towards better health, remember that Balanced Bodies is forever in your corner. See you all next week. The podcast content may include discussions of medical topics and health-related information. However, the information provided should not be considered exhaustive or complete, and it should not be relied upon as a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment.